Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome to another episode of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And today we got a force of going on because we got the great, and I remember this young man when he was real young, Rodney Allen Rippey. Thank you for coming on. We got D. Scott, uh, former Laker, but we're going to get into this real quick. Uh, uh, D, again, thank you for joining us. Yo. Who were some of your role models growing up? Oh, man. You know, growing up in L.A., you had Will Chamberlain on the Lakers and Kareem with, uh, Kareem with uh, UCLA. So, now, let me ask you this, Dave, because you mentioned him. You know, Will Sweat slept with 20,000 women. You, he wasn't a role model for that for you, was he? <laughs> no, not at all, man. And, you know, he just crunched those numbers man, because he had a book coming out. Oh, okay. Will you know, <laughs> was Will, but, but we all know the real numbers that Will put up, man. He was, a, he was a genius on that court. He gave me so much insight, man, about how that center position should be played. And one of the most underrated shots in history was his finger roll. The way he did it, is he used that shoulder to like pump fake you in the, in the direction and he wouldn't release it with that snake bite until he cleared you out of the way. And so that just really led the way for him to be the all-time leading scorer when he retired. And Rodney, same question to you. You being a child actor and all your life and stuff, who are some of your role models? You know what? I got one for you. How you like that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Know, I, I had the pleasure, you know, I wish I could play you know, could have played professionally, but hey, I was one of the smallest globetrotters. <laughs> so, but, you know, I'm friends with Dewan, and, and I, I'm just amazed, man. Coop, you've been amazing as a Laker, and, and you know, everything that you've done for the sport, man, God bless you, man. And it's, it's just an honor to be friends with Dewan and, and to be, be able to work on these projects, man. And so I've got a lot of cool stuff, and me and Dewan are doing some cool stuff for the youth and just it's just an amazing time, man. Things are opening back up, and I'm so glad to be here with you. And, you know, uh, DeWan, obviously a basketball player, but he was Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. We're going to get to that later. Uh, the <laughs> six-foot, no, seven-two Bigfoot on the yeah. show there. Uh, Rodney, I'm going to start with you. What would you say to our young student, in this case, student athletes uh, today, about what they got to go through and what they got to do to make it, whether it's on the court or off the court? You know, it's all about having focus. And also, you have to understand a lot of people are counting on you. Like me, I started the entertainment industry when I was just three and a half years old. And my mom told me, people are counting on you. Your image matters. The things that you say on and off the court, on and off the screen, it all matters. And so also make sure that you have, um, understand the business behind sports. Understand the, the front office, because that's where the action's at the sponsorship, all of these type of things, that is major. And being able to understand contracts and also financial literacy, being able to save money. When you make those big budgets, make that money work for you. Set up, hey, you can have a little fun, but make sure you got something set aside. Make sure it's working for you for the future. Dave? You know what, Coop? Um, he's one of the childhood actors that never got in trouble. 
And I appreciate that. And, and him working at ABC, he's had to re watch reports on so many of his peers running in and out of trouble. And I, and I really love the fact he's kept his nose clean and been an example. Appreciate that. So D, what would you say to, the, to our young student athletes today? Well, I created a program called Hall of Fame U, which basically is, is calls upon Hall of Famers and nominees to inspire the next generation of Hall of Famers. I want to be able to teach them that they not only can aspire to be a, a Hall of Fame ball players, but broadcasters, announcers, coaches, journalists. You can get into the Hall of Fame a lot of different ways, even as an artist. And so, you know, that's been my mission in life. You know, I've been an educator for like 12 years in the inner city. And, uh, and, and it's a wonderful thing. It's been very fulfilling. Uh, D, what were three things that you felt helped you uh, achieve that, that, that elusive goal that a lot of young men come out of college today to get to the NBA? Three things for you. Well, you know what, Coach West, it started with Coach Willie West, who's also nominated in your Hall of Fame class from Crenshaw High School. So Coach West gave us that, that father figure, you know, dedication and focus and basically rooted us in what we were supposed to be doing. You know, above all, it was my spiritual outlook. My mom just really had my nose in the Bible and that just was a protector. You know, they kept me out of harm's way and, and watching a lot of distractions you know, come into, into play. And then two, it was just my love of the game. I mean, was, and, and then two, we were surrounded by so many cats that could play. I remember Coach West came to me once and said, there's this young man in Pasadena that's supposed to be the next big thing. So me and Robert Smith and the Crenshaw crew jumped in the car and we drove out to Pasadena to ambush you. And we said, man, who's this little guy supposed to be all that? Dude, you backdoor alley-oop dunk. I promise you, if you walk into Pasadena City College right now, the gym, the rims are going to start shaking when they see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not told you were in high school, dude. Juan, stop. You're making me grow hair, man. Because <laughs> my hair is tingling. Rodney, uh, yes, uh, you know, you took a different route. What were three things, what are three things that you can say that help you achieve uh your goals? Well, you know, it's I'm much walking in the same pathway with, with Dewan. You know, I had a great family, you know, I had a great father, you know, who showed me what being a real father was. And and my mom, you know, she was the one who started me out with the, the huge Jack in the Box commercial. You remember that? Remember that from back I in the sure day? I sure do. Yes, sir. That's and that's a started. pretty fine afro you had too. Thank you. Everybody had a fro <laughs> back then, you know? And so the thing is, you know, having a family that was all about, I had my brother and sister, they were all signed up in entertainment too, but they decided to not do it. And my mom supported me. We traveled the, the whole United States. You know, I mean, there were so many blessings that came from, uh, hey, there you go. That's that's the spot. And, and it came all that food you had to eat, Rodney. I loved it. You see all that food? Honestly, they made that food for me. And they said, Rodney Graves. They said, it's all for you. Great. I felt like a king. I said, are you serious? They were like, eat. Man, I just walked around and I ate. I had an onion ring fry. I had milkshakes. All of the, honestly, all that food was for me. And and the funny thing was, the commercials were ad lib. They just said, "Rodney, do you?" And and they just turned the camera on and just waited and just waited to see what happened. And it was amazing. But the people I've met and working with people like Sammy Davis Jr. and George Burns and and meet Michael Jackson, so many cool things. And and again, it still is going on today. Meeting you, Coop, you're a legend, man. 
loved you, man. Oh, seeing you play and and Dewan and you know, and man, and matter of fact, I'm cranking up my podcast, the Rodney Allen Rippy Show. So it's all good. It's all it's all action, you know. That's great, uh, Rodney. You know what? And I'm gonna say this, and I don't mean any disrespect about it, but you were so cute. Uh, back then I, I won't say cute let's say adorable you were so adorable back then i mean look at you man with a tuxedo i didn't have a tuxedo until i got to the pros <laughs> you know I, I really tell you my mom was the one who my, i had no clue when you're a child and you look at your mom you just think oh it's just mom my mom was a tailor and every time i used to look like a little rock star my mom used to make me jean jackets with rhinestones on the back and studs and and people used to go do you see his outfit it was my mom doing that my mom with a sewing machine at home hooked me up i had bell bottom platforms man i was groovy i'm telling you <laughs> you know you had swag before swag was swag man that's yes, a good thing to do so yes, <laughs> again uh d back to you Ooh. sir no, uh, we, we play this game that we love in the NBA and we do so many things like that. And I was very fortunate to play for one team, but I was still considered a journeyman. I think, again, what do you what what is a journeyman to you? Well, you're talking to a guy that put in 35 countries after I got cut by the Lakers, man. So, you know, from, wow. from Philippines to Monaco, I've pretty much seen it all. And um, but as far as it goes to the NBA, you know, I, I think about your position and, and your role in history. People don't know all the skill sets that you brought to the table because you were only called upon to do certain things when you were with the Lakers. I mean, Kareem could average 40 if he wanted to. You know, Byron could have average. Everybody could have did a lot more if they were on another team. But. People don't ask you, you know, how much you scored. They ask you how many championships you won. And, that, and that's what you were able to do. And so um, I, I appreciate the fact that you sacrificed so much to do what you needed to do. Because if you would have wound up on another team, everybody would have needed a defensive specialist like you. Every team in the NBA would have been fighting for you. And your numbers would have been completely different because it would have been called upon for you to do something else. So you'd have been nominated for the Hall of Fame on, 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 on more than what you've already accomplished. This is an argument that, right, that uh, Coop and McAdoo have had together a bunch. And, and so McAdoo argues, you know, I'd rather just score a bunch of points and win a championship. <laughs> and Coop is always saying, well, I got the rings, baby. There you go. So, uh, you're, Coop, Coop will send you a check for that, those comments. <laughs> for sure. D, who's a, in your time in the NBA, who was the toughest player for you to guard? Man, I had to, I was Kareem's backup in practice. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, did, you uh, Oscar, did you play against Oscar Schmidt when you went overseas? Yeah, yeah, Oscar, and then and then there was uh, Zerbiak and those guys like that, and uh, um, you know, Vladi was in, like in high school. You know, I watched them man win the championship with Hugo Plastico when they had like Drajan and and that whole crew. But you know, I, I remember man when when you and I were like in practice the first time we we saw Kareem and him come in there, man. You had already been there the year before. You know, if you had done, you know, a couple of 10 days and, and, and rocked the world with your dunks on New York or whatever. But it was like I, me and Magic were like wondering if we could play with you guys. And that was and, and when that dude started giving us the ball in places, Coop, 
that we never got it before. I have never before or after played with anybody that gave me the ball like Magic Johnson. I mean, you just went to a whole nother level. He, the way he would stretch you out, he just made you so much better, you know, on the floor. And you did too, defensively. Like, you know, you got that ball, man. We had to make it work. You know, there was no, you know, Jerry West on the sidelines and Bill Shiman, you know, <laughs> looking at it, giving us the mad dog. We had to go. We greyhounded up. Well, you know, that's one of the things I always say about Magic is he made everyone better. Uh, Rodney, for you, who's the toughest person you had to uh, act with or, or to, you know, to comb your skills together? You know what? I have to tell you, it probably was being on the set of Blazing Saddles with, with Mel Brooks and Cleavon Little and everybody like that because I knew that these people were legends because I was a little, little kid. But when the call came in from Mel Brooks that Mel – it wasn't like I had to audition. Mel wanted me in the movie for some crazy reason, and I was in the movie. And the heart of it is to see that type of level of professionalism, and you see these names, and you know these people are giants, but they all respected me, and, and I was just part of the crew. And, and, I mean, starting out at the age of three and a half, I just I learned that this is a business. My mom said, Rodney, this is a business. You've got to understand it. And, and my mom was just – on the sidelines, it wasn't anything for her. She just got the biggest kick out of seeing me do my thing and, and have fun. But I, I just, I enjoyed life, you know, and, and still am, you know. That's what it's all about. Hey, Rodney, what, uh, what type of person was Cleavon Little when the lights were off? You know what? Everybody, you know, I have to say the productions I've been in, I've worked with George Burns. I've, I've, I was on the Johnny Carson show these people are really solid people. They always treated me with, with, you know, velvet gloves, man, because they loved me. And, and I was just a little kid having a good time. And, and I had an opportunity to meet so many great people. Yep. That's the scene. It, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing, but and it's just like with you, Coop, you being who you were in, in the, in the world of, of basketball now you're, you're doing broadcasting. A lot of young people, they might not be able to have what it takes to be able to, you know, to get that championship or maybe to go off to college. But there are other jobs that you can do. You can be a broadcaster. You can be an analyst. You can, there's so many other things. And I think that you're inspiring a lot of people with your transition in life and the things that you're doing and all the people who you're connected to. It's amazing. And, and Dewan's doing the same thing. That's what I like, you know, I'm building my bridge now. I'm, I'm making my move to direct and, and to do other things. And that's what it's all about. You know, Rodney, that scene Coop, that we just, yeah. It's cool that, you know, you got to play with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I'll be honest, probably pretty cool, much cooler to appear in a movie scene with Mel Brooks. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rodney, that scene that we just saw, how long did it take you guys to do that? Was that an all day or were you a one take Rodney guy? <laughs> no, you know what? We were there and actually we shot that out in the valley, you know, and, and there's so many crazy things like that, how they built the backdrop and, yeah. and it was done here in Southern California, but it looks like the wild West, but <laughs> I just, I've had so many, it was something funny. I wanted to ask you, Coop, when I was in high school, you know how you play basketball in gym class. One thing, one of the funniest things was I had to t share this. My high school buddies, when we we're in class, they said, don't pass it to Rippy because he will shoot. And I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I used to come one time to coach. We, we Everybody had guys like that. 
We had a fast break. The ball got out. I had it. I'm coming down the court, and the coach is running. The, you know, the gym coach is running down the side. Go, Rippy. Go, go, go. And I get it to half point, half court. I stop between half court and the top of the key. He said, no, no, Rippy. No, pass the ball. I said, I got it, coach. He said, no, no. I pull up. Man, I'm like, you know, 25 out. And, I mean, I hit the rim. He goes, get off the court, Rippy. Get off the court. He just, I mean, is it wrong to pull up? That's what I want to know. Is it wrong to pull up? It's Curry. wrong to pull up. Right? <laughs> you know it's wrong to pull up, but you know what they call a person like that, right? They, they call, call me the top hole. gun. They call him a black hole. The ball goes there. <laughs> it <doesn't come> out. <laughs> well, I usually like to shoot. So, you know, what can I do, man? Uh, D. What uh, what team did you like best when you were playing in the NBA, other than the Lakers? Man, that's dude. I, I grew up. The Lakers was all I you know aspired to. Man, when I signed with them, man, that was that was it for me, man. But because I was born in New Jersey, and I, but I grew up in LA, you know, I, I love the New Jersey Nets. Dr. J, how could you not? Brian Taylor, that crew, you know, um, and you know that that was basically it, man. The Nets and and the Lakers. So it's safe to safe to say Dr. J was your favorite teammate? Oh man, that was a guy, man. This dude right there, man. And um and, and Brian Taylor has been my mentor too. There's a guy that's created like 18 schools in the inner city, double degree from Princeton. Wow. He won two championships with Dr. J, you know, with the ABA. So um, you know, I got all those inside stories about how great Doc really was in on and off the court. Let me ask you something. So you were you a uh, were you a stunt? Were you a stunt double on uh, in the Dennis Rodman movie with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme? Double yeah, take? I was. That was that, that was Dennis's first movie, and man, was that a trip! Because we shot that in Spain, Monaco, Nice, and in Rome. He couldn't do his and own stunts. The yeah, greatest huh? rebounder of all, greatest rebounder of all time. He couldn't do his own stunts. <laughs> no, man, it was his first, first time doing it. I did Shaq stunts. You know, uh, you know, you know, after, after Harry and the Hendersons, you know, everything that was big, I did, you nice. know, so if you were there, I was running around. Who's, who's a better defensive player, Michael Cooper or Dennis Rodman? Man, I got to go with Coop, man. Are you kidding me, man? I mean, I, that, I, I, was, that, I, was, I was at arena level watching Coop. And that's because I didn't wear lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> or dressing. We're at that part of the show where I got to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. And, and I want both of you guys to listen to this. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts in the bedroom, Blue Chew is a fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code SHOWTIME. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code SHOWTIME to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsor, you help with make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code SHOWTIME at bluechew.com. Now, Blue Chew is a new enhancement for in the bedroom. Uh, D. Scott, you need any? You need some help? <laughs> no, I, I, me, and, me and Bigfoot are good right now. <laughs> uh, you got, uh, Rodney, you need a little help? Well, actually, I'm trying to cut back on the lust of my flesh. I, 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 I uh, 
I don't have no problem. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that's guys. I need a little help at six. Yeah. Ralph, Ralph Samson goes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen again, we're at, uh, this is called the lightning round for both of you. Okay. I'm going to give you five names and you just tell me a little bit of something about them. Okay. Uh, Rodney for you, Nelson Mandela. Wow. Inspirational. I mean, leader. Uh, D, Elgin Baylor. Ooh, man. He was, he was the goat before we knew there was goats. You know, uh, the time you spent with him was just like going to the library, you know, and then watching him was just inspiration. Rodney, Barack Obama. Wow. Great president. A had a lot of diplomatic diplomacy, met him at the Congressional Black Caucus, and I saw him face to face, and I said, he's going to do great things for the nation. D, Kobe Bryant. Man, you know, Kobe and I spent a lot of time together doing commercials, and, um, you know, um, you you got me with that one, because, you know, I love that young boy, and Jelly. You know, when you were winning MVPs over in Italy and Jelly was there with you, you know, at yep, the same yep, time, yep. right? I was over in Switzerland at the, uh, the United Nations. Man, I got a lot of great Kobe stories that I can't wait to share with you, dude. You're going to love to hear, man. It's just, you know, you know, you know, inspirational. Rodney, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Skyhook. You know, I practice the sky hook as much as I can. I'm 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 six one, but you know, when I was younger, I was shorter, and I was always trying to get over my brother. My brother was six four, so it was the sky hook. I gotta add educator to Kareem because you know mm-hmm. I was his assistant coach when his first head coaching job in Oklahoma. We took a last place team and won a championship. And this guy, he's just an educator about all things. That's it. You know. As far as, as, as when it goes with Cap, Cap used to give us wisdom. I'll never forget when we was when, at training camp in Palm Springs. He told me, he says, if you want to last long in this business, learn to get your rest. It's the guys that learn to sleep on planes and buses and, and car rentals. You can tell who's got good rest and who hasn't. You know, Kareem was always a wellspring on tips. Give us the state of the NBA today in your eyes? Well, you know, I've come to appreciate that the NBA is something that is just going to always evolve. You know, you remember the genesis of this game started in cages. You know, we were cages. Cats was like, we hadn't, we went through a period of enforcers. You know, um, when you play your position, every position, there was a lot you needed to know about that position, and that's all you needed to know. Now, cats are like, you know, whatever you can bring to the table, any and everything you bring to the table. There's no more big man camps like there used to be or, you know, position player, you know, things like that. So I, I don't, I'm not, I don't begrudge the evolution. You know, I love the fact that cats can, you know, I wish I could have had an opportunity to be allowed to learn how to dribble. You know, what would that have, you know, allowed me rather than just you big, you go down in the hole. But it's a different game and that's fine in every generation you know, to each his own. D, you know what? You got to quit moving your camera because I'm an old man. I'm getting dizzy, man. Moving your Rodney, yes, sir. you could change one or two things 
in the NBA, what would they be to make it better? You know what? I think that seeing the NBA, I think that allowing allowing the the players to be very uh, open about their their views on certain things. I understand a lot of people are like just hey, just shut up and play. But also, these people have a heart. They have communities. They have causes. They are things that they really believe in: the youth, education fitness, so many different things. And I just think that as, as open as it can be for them, I think that would be one thing. And also too, just to be able to see the NBA, you know, thank God that hopefully COVID will calm down thing so that people can get back. Cause there's so many millions of players, millions of fans around, they're waiting for the games to start up again and they're ready to go. Listen to the Showtime with Coop podcast. I have Dewan Scott, Rodney Allen Rippey, child star, star of the day. Uh, the who in your eyes, and we're talking about all time, not just in today's game, but all time, give me your top three best shooters that's ever played this game. You say shooters, yeah. and I think of scores. Is that the same thing? Let's, um, I mean, Kareem was just unstoppable. Uh, no, I'm talking about Steph Curry. Kareem was money. You I'm know, talking about Steph Curry. Steph was better shooter than Kareem. You, Kareem was a scorer. I got you there. I'm looking for shooters. The best shooters. Give me your top Oh, you like Steph Curry guy? Game. Well, um, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go, you know, old school. Dale Ellis could put it up. You know, that, that was a guy that could, could, is he could, your could number fire one? it up. And, is he your number one? Uh, I want him in order. Give me your number one. Give me your three. All right. One. All right. And, and we're, we're talking about all uh, right now, even if it, even if it's with Steph and those guys. I'm talking about going back to uh, uh, Pistol uh, Pete. Uh, uh, Price. Mark, Mark Price. I'm talking about going all the way back. Mark Price was a very good shooter, too. Can I throw in Ray Lou? You can throw in whoever you want. I just want your top three. Ray Lou is like Ray Lou is like number one. Jerry West okay. is like right there too. Jerry West and uh, it's hard to take out Gail Goodrich. too long, man. What are you talking about? You see Steph Curry and Clay Thompson the way they can shoot that ball, and they're not the top three. I do, but but that's because the, it, all bets are off. If you would have let those guys do what they do now, then it, it, it would have been right there. I would put them in the game of horse all day long. Okay, uh, <laughs> Rodney, your top three. Top three. Wow, yeah. that's all you get. You know, I, I think I think Curry. I mean, he's bad. Um, wow. You know, and I have to. You know, I know that it was in the clutch a lot of times. You know, Kobe, he did his thing, you know, when he because it was all about that 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 showtime. And and I have to say, you know, whenever whenever he could uh whenever he could manage to be able to just break free, I, I have to honestly say probably one, two, three would be, you know, again, 
I just always, always admired Kareem because he just had that fluid. And I, I used to practice because I had to play with guys much taller than me, just trying to perfect that sky hook. But I was, you know, I'm right-handed and I was always terrible with a left-handed hook. I just, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> I want to take a moment to, to on air congratulate you, man, for your Hall of Fame nomination. Thank you. you. Know, and, and, and I want to inform your audience because there's been a lot of confusion with COVID as to when the enshrinement is and when it's not, because you got two classes going in this year. You got one in May, you know, which is With the Kobe, Kobe late class. Yeah. Like I think that's May 13th through 15th. And then, then the nomination for your class is September. I think that's the ninth. And, and your viewers might be interested to know that neither one is going to be held at the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. They're going to be held in Connecticut at the casino, the Mohegan Sun. So for all those that are interested in going, man, but I'm really proud to be alongside another person that made it into the Hall of Fame in my life. Thank you, D. Thank you. You know, I feel the same way you do about Magic and James Worthy. You know, those guys came into the league just, I'm not going to say they were average players. They were good players, but we had an opportunity to watch them go from a good player to great yeah. players to Hall of yeah. Fame. So thank you for that so much, yeah. man. Um, uh, last thing for me, uh, D., Talking about basketball, and you made a great transition from the game because you know what, this game eventually leaves us. And what we have to do sometimes is remake ourselves, okay? Because mm -hmm. again, there, there's more than just a basketball player and more than just an actor uh, in our skin. You went from playing basketball to being an actor. Now, how did you land the Harry and the Henderson role? Well, Harry Bigfoot. Yeah, Harry wound up winning an Academy Award for makeup, and it was a production that was run by Spielberg, so it was it was top shelf. And I remember he used to come to the set to visit me sometimes when we were when we were filming, and it, it, we did the feature film, and then it turned into the television series, which was like about seventy two episodes. Now, how so, many people did you have to beat out? How many people you beat out for that role? Or what? Or Kevin, Kevin, originally the role was given to me because Kevin was locked up on a television series, Kevin Peter Hall, called Misfits of Science. They let me go for Misfits, but then when they let Kevin go, they made him the star and they made me the start Harry in the feature. And then Kevin died and I took over the television series. Wow. So then that turned into a lot of stuff you don't know, man. Like after you left, uh, to come see me. Michael Jackson would rent me to put on the million dollar costume to do practical jokes on celebrities in his, his private home movies, man. Wow. And it was, you know, it was hilarious, dude. <laughs> it was like, there's some stories there, man. Like so before the print shows, it was Michael Jackson and, and, and Bigfoot, you know? You got to go to Neverland? <laughs> no, we didn't do Neverland. We shot a lot of stuff, man, at Universal Studios, man. He just would basically surprise people like I was a real Bigfoot, and it was, <laughs> and it, it and it was wild. But I went on to do like uh, Space Jam. Uh, Nigel Miguel casted me to be a couple of monsters in Space Jam, and uh, how about I, the I, new I, one? The, no, the, the original one. I'm an uh, I'm an original monster. But how about the new one? Are you in that one too? No, no, no. They didn't go with. Oh. The, they didn't go. With See, the it's garbage. Monsters. It's garbage. Yeah, the new with, one. They went. They went with animation instead of guys. You know. You know, we it's wore dark. the green suits and the whole nine yards, and, you know, we made that happen. That's but awesome. I was on shows like Benson, like, you know, as myself, and, you know, done Super Bowl commercials, thanks to Shaq. And and that's been my real guy, man, because I've been Shaq's body double and stand-in and technical advisor and stuntman throughout his career. So that's been the steady check. 
you know, uh, watching him grow off the court, you know, into the corporate world, you know, as, as, a, as a bohemian has been spectacular just seeing this guy develop. Rodney, your most memorable role. I guess I would say my most memorable role is my very first commercial with Jack in the Box. I mean, that's where it all got started. And, uh, you know, that was my beginning. I was three and a half years old. I was just a little guy from Long Beach, California, just a normal kid from a normal family. And I just hit that commercial. And I had one of the biggest commercial campaigns in the past 50 years. I have an award on my wall from the Academy of Television Arts and Science because of that commercial. And so, but between that and, you know, doing the Harlem Globetrotters popcorn machine on Saturday morning, and it was a kid show. I mean, so many great things. I, I just, I'm thankful for the opportunity to have worked with the people. And I've, I'm, I've got new projects going right now. And me and Duana are working on some cool stuff. And so here we are, man. We're, we're blessed, healthy, and thank God we're, we're hanging in. Rodney, so uh, being a child actor, Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you're three years old. You don't really feel that pressure, uh, uh, you know, as you get older. And like you said, they told you just to be you. Was it that easy just to be you? Well, at the time, it really was, but it was pressure. And, you know, even at the age of three and a half, my mom told me, she said, Rodney, you see all these people standing around, you see these lights and these cameras. She goes, sweetheart, it takes a lot of money to handle all this stuff. She goes, I just want you to focus on your job. Don't worry about nothing else. She said, just hit your lines. She said, baby, you're good. And and I had that big, beautiful Afro. My mom was there to keep my fro in check and that, and that was her job. But she would come in and keep my fro straight and she would whisper little points of, of support and love and give me a kiss on the cheek and she'd fade right back behind the cameras and disappear. And so I had that type of support and that's what it's all about. Well, if I could, I'd reach through here and pinch your cheeks because they were so big back then. <laughs> I just wanted to pinch your cheeks, but uh, fantastic, Rodney. I mean, you really, you know, that was an amazing thing to do as a three-year-old. Uh, just imagine, I couldn't have done it. I tell you, I could not have done it. It would have been hard for me. I still get jitters when I have to go on the air and Ari, my guy right here, has to come. We got to get on 15, 20 minutes before and talk a little smack so I can calm down a little bit because it's still <laughs> scary to me. You did great, brother. You're doing great. And, and you got your great production guy. That's what it takes. It takes a, a whole team, you know, and you learn that in sports. Dewan's learned it. I've learned it in production. And, and it's all about great people working together to do great things, man. Okay, we're about well, to hey, we got a couple more questions for you guys. Uh, I'm going to ask you first, D. Give me your two. Who goes to the NBA Finals from the East and from the West? I'm going to go with the Lakers, and I'm going to go with the Nets. Rodney? Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Lakers are in there, too. And, you know, I'm, DeWan is like my consultant, so I'm following DeWan. So <laughs> if DeWan knows... I'd put my bet on what DeWine would say. The other team from LA. Clippers (laughs) and 76ers. (laughs) Oh. Clippers are playing great, man. Clippers are playing great right now. Celtic finals. And if it's your if it's your your two D, who wins? Uh, Lakers. Lakers. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Rodney? Pulling for the Lakers. Come on. All right. The other L.A. team. Yeah. 
man. Do you know they get ready to get AD back tonight? Who's going to beat up on the Mavericks for the next two games? He get ready to whoop their ass, and then LeBron will come back because, like LeBron said, he already tweeted out a storm is coming, and it's going to be a a, a a West Coast storm that's going to wipe out the rest of the league. Listen, you guys, thank you so much. D. Scott, I love you, man. I appreciate you. Rodney, thank you. And last thing, you guys, tell us what you got going, D. Hey, cool. We're working on a surprise for you, which is no longer going to be a surprise because we're going to make the announcement. We're in the process of going to rent the Basketball Hall of Fame. Since neither class is going into the hall in Springfield, it's all at the casino, we want to do it so fans can have that full weekend of festivities you know, and, and then they celebrate both classes going in at the, or le- the nominations, everything. And we want to introduce those disinfectant tunnels as a vehicle that makes everything safe for everybody. That's a vehicle you can walk through it. They spray you, you know, you're protected for 12, 24 hours. Um, yeah. It's the next big thing. The United States is on a late freight because it's already being used by the United Nations. And so we look forward to it, uh, being able to pave the way for everybody to get back to normal here. Wow, that's that's kind of uh, Rodney. What you got going? Hey, I'm also I'm working with Dewan with disinfecting tunnels, and and um, on the marketing side, that's what I got my degree in marketing and advertising. I own my own company, so working with them, that the spray that actually missed you is FDA and EPA approved. So they've had thousands of people go through it, no skin irritation, nothing on your clothes, and when you come out in 15 seconds, you're completely dry, and you are you are actually protected. So that's, that's a cool thing. Um, working on launching, uh, again, my podcast show, the Rodney Allen Rippey Show. I'm, I'm actually signing a deal with Revolver Podcast. So that's going together. Um, I'm writing my autobiography and I'm actually putting a great uh, charity event together called the Celebrity Shootout. I'm bringing all the top celebrities, all the music icons and sports, nice. all you people with hot rods and Ferraris, I want you to drag race for charity. So we're going to raise the most money, the fastest for the most charities ever. So I'm hoping to put that together with NHRA or one of the local uh, racetracks. It's going to be an amazing thing this year. Fantastic, you guys. You know, science has come so far coming from the 60s when, you know, the cell phones, because back then you either got somebody at home or you could reach them at work. You didn't have that in between walking down the street. I'm wondering if you guys could come up with something because when we go to a Laker game and the Laker girls are out there performing, we can't look at them because our wives are significant <laughs> others. So there's a spray that you can spray on the wives to kind of like make them forget for that 30 or one minute. So we can watch the Laker girls. <laughs> right. You know I'm about the look, Laker I girls. You for you. Um, we, we got a kid from Kobe, Japan that uh, Byron and I are going to start training. and But we're going to do it interactively so we, we can also train you know, his teammates in Kobe, Japan. And uh, we'd love it, man, if you came and you took some shots with him to teach him up, you know, just all online, you know, we'll put our arms around you and welcome you, my brother. We hope you're there, Coop. I'd be honored. Just let me know what's up. And if you ever get to the Lakers, we're going to buy him some blinders because like Pat Riley said, (laughs) look over at the Lakers, girls, your ass is coming out the game. Gentlemen, listen, thank you guys so much. You listened to another podcast in the can for Showtime with Coop, insightful BS by my Laker teammates. And today, a special legend, uh, Dewan Scott and the wonderful, wonderful, magnificent Rodney Alarippi. Ari, anything you want to add to this? No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Coop. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you. Guys.